Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Friday, December 2nd, 2022. I'm your host, George Kerr. Tyler Snyder is still feeling under the weather, but we got Cody Roadcap with us. Cody, how are you feeling going into our main part of week 13? Uh, I'm feeling better. Still not back to 100%, but I'm definitely glad to be here with all our listeners. <laughs> You're definitely sounding better than you were on our early week show, but thank you for grinding it through with me. Yeah, then and now, um, and I know you're going to have plenty of great insight to throw into this episode as we're going to hit a couple of little NFL news and notes, and we are going to break down every game in week 13 with our week 13 preview. Make sure you find us on thecouchgms.com and our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at thecouchgms, and you can join our Discord chat. Link is in the description of the video or podcast you're watching or listening to to talk to us 24-7, ask your questions, just pick our brains, whatever you would like to do. All right, Cody, let's just jump right into some NFL news. NFL news, we're actually going to start with some not exactly NFL news, and we're going to talk about some college football, where the college football, the NCAA, has announced a 12-team college football playoff to start in 2024. Now, I'm not exactly the college football expert. I'm going to pass it over to Cody to give a couple of extra details. Yeah, this is some big news coming out of college football. It's what the fans have wanted for a long time. Me personally, surprised it went all the way to 12. I thought they were going to cap it on at 8, but I think 12 is a good number. Um, we won't spend too much time on it just in case you're here for NFL talk. But uh, since it's such, you know, an important, you know, that's where we get the next generation of players from college. We'll see a lot more meaningful playoff games could change some things that might not be Alabama every year in the championship <laughs> Um, but yeah, four teams are going to get a buy. Uh, the conference winners will get their, uh, the top four conference winners will get a buy. The other two conference winners, uh, plus the six remaining teams, they will get ordered based on how they finish in the rankings and we'll have a playoff system using, and we're still going to use the big bowl games like the peach bowl, the Rose bowl, the sugar bowl, all those big bowl games you've been accustomed to. They're just now going to be quarterfinal matchups. And then, some will be semifinal matchups, and they'll rotate as the years to come. Unfortunately, we will not see this until the 2024-2025 season. So we have this year left and then all of next year um, to watch just the final four. Uh, but it's always good when change is coming, and it seems like change that everybody has wanted for a while now. 100%. And I actually just want to mention, like, I know I'm a Penn State fan. I don't follow a lot of college football, but you hear of some guys that are committing to the NFL draft that will then sit out of bowl games because they just want to protect themselves for their NFL career. But now going to this 12-team playoff, you're going to see some teams playing three bowl games, potentially some playing two. It has a chance to shift draft stock, and you're going to see a lot less players, I think that are going to be sitting out of the playoffs and the bowl games because these are more meaningful games now, in my opinion. What do you think? No, I think I think that's a great point. Now, I'm not saying it's going to uh, make everyone play because I think some will yeah. still play. But remember, too, in college football, the athletes can now get paid through NIL deals and other ways. Um, so, like, because they're not playing in these big bowl games, there might be ways to get kickbacks and – you know, jersey sales and autograph sessions before the bowl game. So, like, there might be more money incentive off the field to be made, too. So, um, it's great for the viewership. It's great for the players. It's great for the NCAA. Uh, so, I think it's a win-win all around. And definitely looking forward to 2024 
when college playoffs are starting. But George, you know, fantasy playoffs for 2022 are right around the corner. Um, so we should probably talk about the NFL a little bit. But before we get into all the matchups, two big pieces of news and injury wise, both Kyle Pitts and star defensive end linebacker for the Buffalo Bills, Von Miller, were placed on IR today. Kyle Pitts season is officially over. The Bills are hopeful that they can get Von Miller back for that last week and or a playoff run uh, that they're expected to go on as long as they can keep winning some games and they're in a tough division. Uh, and Kyle Pitts, potential biggest disappointment of the year in terms of fantasy when we do our awards later? I have to think that he's definitely going to be at least a nominee. Um, he might be leading it in my category, but we'll have to see who he goes up against at that point. So a little teaser, maybe we'll do that week 18 or the first week of the actual NFL playoffs. There's some awards out there, but Kyle Pitts definitely up there for biggest disappointment. And I hope everyone out there that had him was able to find one of these dartboard tight ends. That's at least doing decent for you. Maybe as good as Kyle Pitts was doing even. Um, but anyway, why don't we talk some more injuries and break down every single game when jump into our week 13 preview. Week 13 brings the resurgence of bye weeks, as we did mention in our earlier the week show. Buys only two of them this week, the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers. Enjoy it while you can before week 14 brings us six teams on bye. Bipocalypse. Bipocalypse part two, really, because Bipocalypse part one, there was a lot of big teams. I think it was like week seven or week eight, something like that. Um, but we can go jump right into our one o'clock window with a interconference matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Atlanta Falcons and the Steelers running backs is obviously leading the show when it comes to their injury statuses all three of them really starting off with Najee Harris he did not participate in practice on Thursday but they did get positive injury news on him that makes it sound like if he puts in a limited session on Friday he may be able to play this weekend Obviously, it was Benny Snell who got the uh, carries after Najee left their game this past week. He is a limited participant, should be good to go, but I'm not sure he's going to be the guy. I think it's going to be Jalen Warren, if it's not Najee Harris, who is completely cleared of his hamstring injury, and he was a full participant in practice and was pretty much a lock when they said, All right, is he going to play this week? So we're going to have to, I think, wait and see on Najee, but I think Benny Snell is the expendable one, and Jalen Warren is your handcuff. Yeah, and you know, that's that's the scary part about this whole thing is because, you know, we're in these primetime matchups. And when I say prime, I'm talking about our fantasy matchups, not this game on the field. But, you're, you know, you're trying to get that edge. You know, maybe you were been relying on Deontay Foreman for a little bit week. Maybe you have to fill a spot for James Conner and you're, you're kind of stuck and you were hoping to, you know, play Benny Snow after a promising performance when Jalen Warren was back in there. Najee Harris could still see the field. The good thing is, is the Falcons are ranked 26th, but trying to figure out which exactly one you want to play is the big question mark, um, because if they're all three active, I don't think you play any of them, and, but waiting till Sunday to know who your running back is going to be, that's a you know sketchy proposition as you try to navigate the waiver wire, because I'm sure you're not in a place to be able to hold all three in the roster at this point in the season. I'm with you. I mean, it's almost the ideal situation if you do not have Najee in there and you can just play Jalen Warren. I don't think Benny Snell is going to play a factor if Jalen Warren's good. 
Um, but that's one of the weird situations where you kind of want the starter to sit because I do think it could be some kind of a split with them easing Najee back in. Um, yeah. And I don't think. And then when it think, comes. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think you can also completely rule out Anthony McFarlane, uh, who's technically on their practice squad, but he was a draft pick for them out of Maryland just a few seasons ago. And Mike Tomlin had some high praise. You know, Benny Snow got the touchdown, but McFarlane was the the guy that, you know, got the first initial carries when Najee Harris went down uh, last week because he was stepping in to replace Jalen Warren. He might get added, you know, Sunday morning as activated off the practice squad guy just to make it more complicated. So definitely want to pay attention to about 1130 Sunday morning, Couch GM's Twitter, turn on the notifications. We'll have all the inactives and expected to play and what to do up there. And then you can DM us or shoot us responses or questions you might have about your lineup specifically. Um, so definitely turn on those notifications on Twitter at the Couch GMs. Good little plug there, Cody. And then also on the Steelers side of the ball, um, I there's going to be other players on this team that are going to be good plays this week. I mean, I think Pat Fryermuth has kind of been like tight end five, tight end six since this tight end apocalypse has happened. So he's in your lineups. And I think George Pickens has become someone that you can really rely on in your flex if needed recently. It doesn't, he seemed to be pretty much matchup proof as well, but this matchup against the Atlanta Falcons is prime. And I think George Pickens can have a very solid week. Yeah. I, li- I like uh, the picket to picket or the picket to, to Pickens connection <laughs> to continue to grow. Um, if you've been a, a listener dating back to the offseason, you know how much, I love George Pickens as a prospect. I'm not a huge fan that he's on the Pittsburgh Steelers because I'm just not a fan of that team. But he's a very good player. And, you know, he's made some spectacular catches, but he's growing as a route runner. He's building that connection with Kenny. Um, So definitely, I think he is for sure startable this week against the Falcons, who ranked 29th against fantasy wide receivers. So he's kind of taken over that wide receiver one spot from Deontay Johnson, who's been very underwhelming. But in a good matchup, is he also good to go? Yeah, I, I I feel a lot more confident about Pickens than I do Deontay Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. I think Johnson has changed for sure. Johnson can't just he just hasn't been able to find the end zone uh, this year. Um, I think it was last week against the Colts when he got in. Week twelve was when he got in for the first time. Um, I know it's a good matchups, and he has all the talent in the world to do it. So, I guess depending on who you have out there. Um, but it, there might be some better options that we talk about in a little bit later. So we might come back to him as, you know, Deontay Johnson or in a couple minutes. Yeah, I think that's a good way to prep up the Steelers. Falcon side of the ball also got to talk a couple of running backs because it was Cordell Patterson or bust earlier in their year. But now him and Algier seem to be splitting 50-50 each of the last two, three weeks. Um, and both of them are doing good. It's just I don't know if there's enough volume to go around to make both of them solid plays every single week. Patterson's still your safer bet because of his pass-catching ability, so I think he's good to go in your lineup, and Algier's the person I'm trying to sit. Is there any kind of pushback on that? No, I'm with you. Um, Patterson is like borderline RB2 um, Mm -hmm. for me this week, especially against the Steelers, who I've talked about a little bit. Like It's not the run defense that we're used to. Um, but they have come on a lot more now that they got TJ Watt. He's been back in the mix for a few weeks. They've definitely gotten better on defense up front, stopping the run. Um, so 
Algier is out for me this week. And if I could play someone other than Patterson, I know I'm in a league where that's not the case. I'm playing Patterson. Um, so it's not like a terrible play or anything like that. But I think there are some better options out there. With you there, I don't want to even touch anyone else on Atlanta. So I'm good to wrap this one up and move us on. You can cut me off if you defer. Um, defer. Defer. That's that's a football term. I think that's fitting there. There's we can also move a trend on to. Oh, yeah. He got a college coaching job for probably some ridiculous amount of money for no reason. But anyway, Denver Broncos traveling up to the Baltimore Ravens. There's that uh, almost West Coast team going east for Cody. Um, We'll start with the Broncos side of the ball, who are still an absolute mess and apparently don't like Russell Wilson. If you're hearing any of these ridiculous news stories that are coming out on Twitter the last few weeks, Um, Jerry Judy still has not participated in practice. I would probably expect him not to go this week. And then you're in a tough matchup against Baltimore. I feel like Baltimore feels like a tough matchup. And then you look at their, you know, actual numbers and it's like middle of the pack and like, I don't 100% understand where the teeter-totter falls for Baltimore sometimes. But with Denver being a struggling offense, I'm avoiding everyone on Denver that I possibly can, except for maybe Latavius Murray. Yeah, so I think the question you have to ask yourself is, Baltimore's a really good defense for three quarters of the game, and then they allow (laughs) a bunch of points in the fourth quarter. Um, But do you trust this Broncos offense to put up those points now? You mentioned Latavius Murray, and he's probably the only one I'm considering playing for this matchup as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's probably in my lineup. I probably like him more than Cordero Patterson, who I just talked about not liking. But, you know, the the Ravens are a top 10 team against the run. Like I mentioned, they're really good in the first three quarters. They give up a lot to the pass in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. But with that said, despite the Broncos only scoring, uh, well, I guess they did eventually get to 10 points last week. Uh, they had a touchdown at the end late, but for most of the game, they only had three, three points. He still saw 13 carries, um, had a double digit fantasy day, put up a decent yard per carry, um, didn't quite find the end zone. So with him, he's in that tier of like, you know, he's going to get the work. So you're just hoping that he gets in the end zone. And he's gotten in the end zone almost every single week. He's been in Denver, if I'm not mistaken. He seems like he just is that guy that keeps putting up 10 fantasy points. Sometimes he puts you up a 15 and you're like, that's cool. Um, but I feel like in most cases, if you're somebody who's thinking about Latavius Murray, it's because you're desperate at the running back position and you're probably going to have to go with him. But don't force him in your lineup. Don't play him over some of those studs or solid RB2s we've been seeing so far this year. Uh, just be smart with him, probably like you have been the rest of the season. The matchup I'm not super worried about because I think Denver's offense tends to run through the running back because their passing game struggling so bad. Um, we can move on to the Raven side of the ball, which is at least slightly more exciting, but maybe not a ton for fantasy. Uh, you at least got Lamar Jackson who went from a limited participant to a full participant. I think he allegedly injured himself in the Wednesday practice, but it was very minor. So he should be good to go for this week. And then you have the running back situation, which I think is Gus Edwards or bust. Unless you hear news that JK Dobbins is activated off of injured reserve. He is practicing. Um, and that would definitely muddy the water where I think Gus Edwards would probably still be their lead back, at least until JK gets up to speed. But it makes it sketchy enough that is it like, is he going to get enough carries to be fantasy relevant? For sure. I definitely um, think you have to pay attention. And remember, if you're looking at injury reports, why you don't see JK Dobbins because his practice went open. He hasn't been officially activated back 
from IR. Um, now the Broncos, they're another, they're a top 12 team against fantasy running backs. So if he goes, I'm probably out on both. If he doesn't, uh, Gus Edwards is still there, but like I, Gus Edwards or Latavius Murray, which one do you feel more confident about? Like that's where we're kind of at with all these guys, yeah. to be honest. It's almost a coin flip. Um, I'm probably would say Latavius Murray because he's had the longer string of success. And by success, I mean, just consistency being decent this season. Um, for so sure. yeah, yeah, exactly. It also um, could be a Latavius Murray revenge game, you know, that's Plus, honestly very true as well. He, he was, he was there year. in the Baltimore carousel of running back. So yeah. Hashtag revenge game. Hashtag revenge game. We love revenge games because a lot of times they end up being really big booms for absolutely no reason. <laughs> but uh, Ravens wide receivers, I'm staying away from one because they're Ravens wide receivers and they're inconsistent and two because Denver's defense is very good. And the only reason they're still even in half of their games or more. Um, so I think we're just limiting it at Lamar and the potential running back and Mark Andrews. And we can move it on to Cody's Green Bay Packers in the rivalry game with the chicago bears i know you guys get hyped about this one similar to i do eagles cowboys games break us down on the packers here all right so good news is the chicago bears owner aaron Rodgers himself will play despite injuring his ribs on sunday night and still dealing with that thumb injury uh he is limited on thursday after not practicing on wednesday Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon both find themselves on the injury report, but that just sounds like running backs banged up this late in the season, trying to take it easy, not give them a full workload. Uh, so they will most likely be good to go. The big news is Romeo Dobbs is back practicing um, after going out a couple weeks ago against Buffalo. So we could see Dobbs and Watson on the field for the first time with both playing meaningful meaningful snaps which could be exciting for the offense i don't know if i'd rush romeo dobbs back into your fantasy lineup uh just quite yet and then um robert tunyon's still there but the bears are actually pretty good against the tight end so he shouldn't be in your lineup uh this week and don't play their defense because they can't stop anybody even chicago i mean i guess with justin fields back never mind um i think you wrapped up green bay pretty well yeah, 353 yards. rushing yards against if they run the ball up against the Eagles. You play them against Green Bay. Yes. I mean, Jalen Hurts went for over 150, and Justin Fields is probably even more of a running back quarterback than Jalen Hurts is. So Justin Fields is immediately back in your lineups if he does go, and he was limited on Wednesday to full participant on Thursday's practice. So he's probably going to be back in their lineup. And you got David Montgomery there as well as those two tried to replicate what Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders did last week against the Packers. And you don't touch anybody else on that roster, in my opinion. You can throw a dart out on Cole Komet because the tight ends are bad, but it's the only other person I'd even have on my roster at this point. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and I, it's not a good matchup for Cole Komet either. I probably wouldn't play any mm-hmm. tight ends in this matchup. But I, I do think Fields will be back out there this week. Some Bears fans might be like, why risk it? You know, he's our future, blah, blah, blah. And then you he just turn reps. on the tape. When he, turn, he turned on the tape from Sunday, and what worry do you have that he'll get hit? Like, he'll just run and slide, and he'll be fine. Yeah. Justin, Justin Fields will hopefully play this week, and anybody out there like myself who struggled the first forever in fantasy and then got on a little bit of a run because of the Justin Fields 
experiment. You kind of wanted to play for that reason, which puts me in the dilemma that all fantasy people have when they have a player going against their favorite team. Like, do I want to win fantasy and keep my slim chance of the playoffs alive? Or I just want the Packers to beat the crap out of the Bears and Justin Fields throw five picks. Like, and keep their playoff chances alive. <laughs> valid. That's what I want, in all honesty. <laughs> I want the the Packers' playoff chances alive more than my own fantasy one, but that's just the type of fantasy player I am. I always want the Packers to win, and fantasy comes second. Yeah, I mean, and obviously you having Justin Fields shows that you don't play homer when it comes to building your fantasy roster. But then when it comes to rooting for them on a Sunday, you're for your team over the fantasy team. And if you happen to win both, it's just a bonus. Um, But I I think that's great analysis there. And we can move on then to another team in that division, the Detroit Lions, who are hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Starting on the Jaguar side of the ball, Travis Etienne was a limited participant in practice on Thursday. I think they're just kind of giving him rep management at this point. If you remember back to our Tuesday show, they said that they pulled him out because of a precaution. He actually should be good to go moving forward. The injury is not going to be a factor. So ETN can go right back in your lineups. Um, And then Zay Jones, who I remember before the show, Cody said, I just kind of almost skipped over Zay Jones on the injury report because we tend to think he doesn't care. He doesn't matter. And here we are. A lot of us are probably starting Zay Jones this week because of some buys, because of maybe some other injuries, because he's been so effective and now in a great matchup against the Detroit Lions. You hit it. Great matchup. (laughs) Snyder's yeah. not here, so I give him my hot take. This Ooh. is the highest scoring game of the week. Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars. Is that a hot take? I don't know. Uh, but they're going to put up the most points, most passing yards. Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, top two streams of the week. Travis Etienne, he gets involved. Can't forget about Zay Jones. Don't don't forget about Christian Kirk. I know people are sleeping on Christian Kirk because he had a slow day against the Ravens last year. Or last week, excuse me. Don't Don't sleep on Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the DFS leagues, Marvin Jones Jr., I'm telling you, Ooh. this te- we're talking like 30-something to 30-something, maybe even a 40-burger from one of these teams. That also makes me think uh, maybe you take a half a peek at the Detroit Lions tight end and then say probably no thanks, but Evan Ingram could be a dartboard guy this week too. Sure. Why not? If there's going to be points to go around, most likely in this game, you might as well take that chance because you might have that 5% edge over those other dartboard tight ends of he might get a touchdown, uh, which is all uh, you're really looking for when you're playing tight ends these days. You shared a meme in our group chat. I did. Uh, it was fantastic. And it was like... Yeah, I can was... I can actually pull it up here for us. Um, so the tight end decision tree. So... The question is, has the team targeted them once in the red zone in the past month? If the answer is yes, you play them. If the answer is no, you probably still play them. That is where we're at on tight ends. For sure. I agree. <laughs> so, heck yeah, let's throw let's throw uh, Evan Ingram in there. We're not going to throw the dude in uh, Detroit because I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. Guy I, I think there's two of them, and I don't think I can what, remember his, their names. But... One is name is Wright. I don't know his first name, but his last name, he wears 84. So yeah. maybe 86. <laughs> well, this is this is a good time. Um, I think that wraps the Jaguar side. Line side of the ball, we're not talking about tight ends, but we're talking about a couple other people. Amra St. Brown in your lineup every single week, and the matchup's not too bad here. Uh, the running backs, Jamal Williams has now definitely been their lead, and he's in your lineup. And DeAndre Swift probably could be for an upside play as well. 
it's kind of where we're at as well, Swift has Swift, been the two, but so he's been I'm okay. super concerned about Swift. I'm not going to lie. I mean, okay. his his snap percentage is so low. Like, he's mm-hmm. getting out snapped to Justin Jackson. But, but Justin Jackson's don't... not performing with it, uh, opposed to Swift, who is. Yeah, but, I mean, we're, we're talking multiple weeks now of him getting out, you know, out snapped to Justin Jackson. And Justin Jackson has mm-hmm. looked decent in the limited work that he's getting. Mm-hmm. But if we're just talking strictly injury report, this is the first week that DeAndre Swift's name is not on it. So this could be the telling week of if his snap count goes up, it was literally the injury. Because we've talked about it. You know, he's been full participant, full participant, full participant for two or three weeks now. Mm -hmm. Week 13, we're looking strictly at the injury report side of it. He is not on it. So I think you can play Swift. I know if he only gets 38% of the snaps again like he did 10 days ago, you're probably frustrated because you know you see Justin Jackson on the field more, you see Jamal Williams on the field more. But he there's there's and if it's still that way after this week, then like the panic alarm goes off on Swift rest of season because there's something going on outside of football that's preventing him from getting on the field. But the one weird thing that I just want to mention before we jump off of Swift is like the beginning of the season when Swift was healthy, the biggest thing we were saying is I hate Jamal Williams because he keeps taking the goal line touchdowns. But I'm sure, like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just from watching some Lions games, Swift is getting red zone touches and red zone targets. Despite him only playing 38% of the snaps, he's getting these opportunities to score touchdowns, which has been number one, been padding his stats the weeks he's only gotten five touches, but number two, it kind of opens him up to any kind of week. You know, he can have a boom week with 10 touches if he decides to get two touchdowns that week or they decide to give him enough red zone touches. Like, so it still feels like Jamal Williams is dominating and dominating the red zone stuff because he is getting a couple of goal line touchdowns. But Swift's been getting a lot more red zone work than he was even early in the season, which is even stranger now when you look at it. I don't think he's been getting any more work. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just based off watching the game against Buffalo, he's always gotten, you know, one or two drives that they've gotten down there. He'll catch a pass or he'll get, you know, and we saw it in the game against Buffalo. He, he caught the pass because they were in the red zone 10 yards out and he, mm-hmm. he scored, but then they got close and they didn't go back to him on a goal line. So, but they used him on the two point conversion play so i think he's always gotten those it's not so much the red zone it's five yards out he's not a a big of a factor and but he's also not getting as many carries in between the 20s like we're accustomed to which has been the big concerning part with with him okay so we're gonna wait and see what happens with that snap count for DeAndre Swift after this week because we mentioned the injury report. I think the only other thing to mention is I know you had him at a start on your article on the couchjams.com. Jared Goff is a streaming option for this week as well, especially because we think there's gonna be a ton of points. And I think that can wrap up Jags Lions and we can move on to the revenge game. The Cleveland Browns traveling to the Houston Texans. I know you didn't really want to talk about him too much more because we talked about him so much, but Deshaun Watson is back traveling to his former team and we would not play him this week just it's it's too risky in this situation yeah i mean if you if you want so let's say you're 
what are we, week 13? Let's say mm-hmm. you're 9-3, and three, pretty much guaranteed a first-round buy in your league, number one team. And you are the guy that's kept Deshaun Watts out there, and you want to throw him out there because you think he's going to have a big game, go for it. Because if you lose, who really cares? It's not that important. You're looking forward to the playoffs already. But if you're like majority of us out there, you know, you're – Eight and six, seven and seven, even I think I'm doing my math wrong because that was 14, not 12, eight and four, you know, seven and five, seven and five, yeah, you know, six and six or even under it. Like, no, you're not. This isn't a, a week to get the big boost. Like you have to see it before you can put Watson back in your lineup. The other thing that's worth noting is Houston's defense is bad. But Houston's defense is very bad against the run. Their actual stats against quarterbacks, I think, are middle of the pack. And against wide receivers are top five. Like, they just give up so much on the ground that, like, Deshaun Watson might actually have a very bust game. And the Browns could still win by a million because it's going to be all Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, well, and I mean, let's, we kind of saw it last week. Uh, Tua got pulled for the whole fourth quarter with mm-hmm. under 300 yard passing yards just because they can move the ball so well running and offense giving, you know, turnovers causing short fields. Like it's not that their defense is like locking down guys. Like if they got into a shootout, like the, the guy would play so well, but you can't expect them to stop anybody. Or if you, God forbid, you think they would get a lead and <laughs> you, you have to think, you know, we talk about the emotional side too. And, and it's hard. That's that's the, you can look at stats and analytics all day, but there's still a part of football that comes down to drive, want, emotions, momentum, whatever that may be. And you have to think, you know, the Texans. That's the guy that quit on you. That's the guy that said he wasn't going to play here. Like you have to remember, Sean Watson had all his issues, but he was like, I'm not playing for the Texans anymore. You know. I need to be traded before this. Like it has been a long time since we've seen Deshaun Watson play meaningful football and to put him right back in your lineup is crazy. And if he does come out and perform and shock us all, then number one, good for the people that did play him. And number two, you know, you might have a guy that can go out there and, you know, fill in a spot for you for the fantasy playoffs. That's where I'd be at. I would definitely look at other options now. And with that being said, like I said, you know, Chubb and Hunt, I think are both good plays this week. And you can probably still play Amari Cooper because that wide receiver won. You most likely don't have a better option. But like beyond that, uh, David Njoku did not practice. I don't know if I would play him regardless in this matchup. And then Donovan Peoples-Jones is that guy to kind of hold for the future as well. I'm not playing him this week either. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it. You have to... You have to consider not playing Amari Cooper. He's been a lot better. U.S. might not have another option. I'm going to see why you talk about the Cleveland side or the, I guess the Houston side. Yeah, the Houston whatever side we're talking about. I got confused on which team we're talking about because of freaking Deshaun Watson. (laughs) Um, There is a stat, and I'm going to try to pull it up about Amari Cooper and his home versus road stats. Okay, I can try to talk about the Texans for as long as I possibly can, but you know that there's really only one person we're still considering, and he hasn't even been that good lately, and that's Damian Pierce. 
So props to anybody who might have sold Damian Pierce before he started to kind of crash down. I know I was actually one of those in our league of record. I ended up moving a bundle of him to get uh, Jonathan Taylor back, which has worked very well for me so far. Um, But he still probably is someone you're going to have to put in your lineup, similar to an Amari Cooper. Like you might not have a better option, but if you do look elsewhere for now um, and then outside of him, you're not really playing. You're not playing anyone at the quarterback position. You're not playing at Brandon Cooks. You're not playing a Nico Collins. Just it's still a fantasy wasteland in Houston. Yeah, I think you're right. I would play Damian Pierce this week. No questions asked. I know he hasn't been good, okay. but you talk talk about a rat bad run defense, and that's the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they're like bottom three in the league against fantasy running back. So. I guess their their defensive line is all pass rushers when you think about it. That's true. Whatever it is, they give up. (laughs) I mean, even the Buccaneers who haven't been able to run the ball at all, all season long, they looked pretty good on the ground last week. I know it was a lower scoring game, but this is a game that Damian Pierce should bounce back. You can play him. And fortunately, I didn't bookmark the the stat on Twitter, which I thought I did. Um, But because I found it, and it's the game we just talked about, the stat I wanted to share, and I forgot, I apologize, listeners, but thank God George said something to make me go look at this. Since the week eight return of DeAndre Swift, uh-huh. he's only played in 28% of the snaps. So there's definitely something something going on. Uh, but like I said, we'll have to wait and see on that one. And then, yeah, I, Amari Cooper, he's always had a big home, even back in Dallas. Uh, and that has continued in Cleveland too. So I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I'm trying to remember who I saw it on Twitter that shared it. Um, but I am concerned this week just because there is the Texans are good against the wide receivers because the running the running game allows so much and shortens games. So Nick Chubb's going for about 250. Um, but not seriously though. Um, we can move on then if you don't have anything else to the New York jets traveling to the Minnesota Vikings, the jets running back situation is still very interesting. Michael Carter did not participate in practice on Thursday. He is, he avoided long-term injury, but he might still miss a week. If he does, we don't really have any idea what their running back room is going to look like. It could be Bam Knight or Zonovan Knight, however he's listed on your fantasy platform. It could be James Robinson, who this week came out and said something like, I didn't come here to not play after he was inactive last week, and he didn't really have a choice to go there or not. He got traded there. But um, like he he could be the situation like Cody was talking about with uh, Jordan Howard and the Eagles last year. He was inactive, and then once the lead guy goes down, he comes in and gets a bazillion snaps. Um, but because of the uncertainty, I don't really like playing any of them. Or is there someone that you think is really standing out of the bunch? Zonovan Knight. You think it's going to be Zonovan Knight, even though James Robinson will be back? Our, yes, I do. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere that if Michael Carter doesn't go, Zonovan Knight would or like the coaches really liked it it wasn't like uh you know zonovan gets a full workload but it was like the coaches are ready to would turn the keys to tonight you know that's the guy that they they trust and again actions speak louder than words i know they're 
you, there's some debate on why Robinson was actually cut or not cut, but you know, healthy scratched. It mm-hmm. could just be they like Zonovan White. You know, this is a guy that they have high expectations for, have a high standard for. So, you know, I'm not saying James Robinson won't get any carries. I'm not saying Ty Johnson won't get involved enough. But if Michael Carter doesn't go, which it doesn't sound like he would play, I would play Zonovan Knight, and I would play him over Cordero Patterson, uh, who we talked about going against the Steelers, and probably would play him over Latavius Murray going against the Baltimore Ravens just because it's a better matchup. And the Jets are a good team. you Gus too then. But I play him over Gus with yeah. J.K. Dobbins for or sure. With, let's go without. Yeah. Without J.K. Dobbins, I probably still play him over. That's that's a bold strategy. Yeah, maybe like maybe it. I'm going too big on Zonovan Knight, but okay, that's where I'm at. I, I'm I'm just gonna leave it there because it is kind of a dart throw. You don't really know exactly what's gonna happen, but sometimes you just gotta trust your sources. So. If they say that he's going to get a majority of the carries, it could end up being a good thing for you. Um, Other New York Jets. Now, I'm kind of like skeptical if last week was just a flash in the pan or if it's going to be a longer term kind of boom that Mike White's bringing them some energy. He's bringing them some solid play. So like some of their pass catchers concern me still. Garrett Wilson had a great week. Like he's somebody that you had in your lineups earlier in the year that you kind of want to throw back in now. he probably could, but Garrett Wilson. Sorry, not Garrett. What's up? <laughs> I'm mixing up because there used to be two Wilsons. Oh my gosh. Okay. Garrett and Zach. So, Cody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elijah Moore. That's who I was trying to think of. And I'm like throwing in the other, like, throwing in Zach Wilson for some reason. He, I think, was a flash in the pan. He barely played any snaps. He only saw a couple targets, turned one into a long touchdown. Like that's not someone I would play, but Garrett Wilson might be able to be someone that go back in your lineup. Yeah. Garrett Wilson's back in your lineup. Let's, let's be clear. Let's look at Garrett Wilson's stats and then let's extrapolate out the weeks where Zach Wilson was the quarterback. Huge difference, huge difference, whether it was Flacco or Mike White. They have been um, – that he's, like, definitely in your lineup as a flexible guy this week. Uh, I'm pretty – Garrett Wilson, he's, you know, he's getting better. He's a young guy. He's exciting. Uh, the Vikings, I know it's a good pass defense. You expect them to put up some points, though. Um, I think this is definitely a good matchup for, for Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I'll say. So, it was 7-26-9 with Flacco at the beginning of the year, and then – he had a 14 and a 13 in there with Garrett Wilson, with uh, Zach Wilson in there. Uh, and he then 23 last week. He got, tu- you know, he actually didn't get touchdowns in the other games, shockingly enough. Hmm. Um, but they were playing from behind and one against Buffalo. They ended up coming back to win. They lost one in New England. I don't know. Uh, but then 23, obviously, um, against Chicago. Most of those games with Zach Wilson, the quarterback, were, bu- were busts. I just happened to see that 14 and 13 raise my eyebrows a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, he's been super good with quarterbacks other than Zach Wilson. So I, I, I like it better now when you show me that stat. And and also like he's still wide receiver twenty two, I believe, on the season. Uh so we're talking about bad weeks with Zach Wilson for a guy that's yep. still scoring in the top, you know, as a wide receiver too, in terms of yep. how you stack fantasy. So 
yeah, I like Garrett Wilson to bounce back with Mike White. And I actually saw an interesting thing on Twitter. Um, imagine if, and it was, imagine if the Jets traded for Jimmy G this offseason, which there was some talk about that, that, like, he might have just been, like, that stable quarterback that this team needed to go, and, like, they could be the top team in the AFC because they're so, their guys are playing so well, their defense is good. And I was like, you know, it's crazy that like Jimmy G could have like taken this team to another level just because they had some consistency and hopefully they get that in Mike White. Exactly. And also Jimmy G is just a winner. Maybe Mike White will just be that game manager that no one really loves, but he could end up being a winner just because he takes care of the ball. Uh, but we talked, you just mentioned how the Jets defense has been good. So we got to move to the Viking side of the ball where they are number three against wide receivers. The Jets are. Um, so Justin Jefferson's obviously a lock in your lineup, but the weekly question of Adam Thielen or not Adam Thielen, I think uh, it's a not Adam Thielen week. Oh, it, it's it's a not Adam Thielen week. Did you know last week, and we, it was kind of interesting, we talked about this when we previewed the game, that they take away the number one in New England. And yep. surprise, surprise, Adam Thielen had his best game of the year. Uh, I know Justin Jefferson went off, but he was obviously open a lot more. Um and I believe Adam Thielen, if I – I don't have the numbers in front of me. I can pull them up while I talk. But I'm pretty sure he only has three games this year over 10 points. And I don't think this is the week that I would bet on him to follow up his biggest game of the year to get back to you in those double digits. There has been four, actually. Four. Yes, but, yeah, pretty close. It's It's not been – this season we were hoping for at Adam Thielen. Yeah. Then when you look at the fact that fantasy scoring is so low, he's still wide receiver 27. So uh, it's been, you, you've been ripping your hair out most likely playing fantasy like the rest of us. Um, but no, it's definitely not an Adam Thielen week, but it's still TJ Hawkinson. It's still Dalvin cook. It's still Justin Jefferson um, streamer Kirk cousins. Yes or no. Um, I would rather play a golf or a, um, the other guy that match up Trevor Lawrence or probably would even rather play like a Jimmy G this week because of the matchup. Uh, so depending on how deep your league is. All right. That will move us on then to the NFC East where we have the Washington commanders taking on the New York giants, currently four NFC East teams in the NFC playoff picture. Just that'd be the first time it happened because there's only been like two years now of seven teams in the playoffs. But the fact that that's even possible is insane. Um, starting with the commander side of the ball, giants defense has been pretty solid. I'm still, I still feel like I'm sketchy on a lot of the commanders offensive assets, but Terry McLaurin's probably pretty much good to go. Um, I'm avoiding Curtis Samuel if I can help it. Um, Antonio Me Gibson too. still has that pass catching ability but it's been Brian Robinson more the last two weeks. Um, how are you on the running back room? Well, Gibson also went from limited to on Wednesday to DMP on Thursday. So I would play Brian Robinson if Gibson doesn't go. Um, I'd probably play him if he does because it sounds like he might be limited either way. Uh, but I'm probably not playing. I wouldn't play both um, this week. So Gibson would probably be the guy that misses out because the Giants still do have a pretty decent run defense. I'm with you there. Um, I actually didn't even see the fact that you added that onto our rundown because it jumped down to the next page on the sheet. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, Brian Robinson, Terry McLaurin seem to be the two in Washington. 
Uh, we also have Logan Thomas on our injury report here as a limited participant, but Logan Thomas has not been good enough to be on the dartboard as of yet this season, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, moving on to the Giants side of the ball, their one maybe wide receiver left it's Darius Slayton, who did not practice with an illness. Illness means he probably is going to be healthy enough to go this week, but I don't know if I'd play him anyway. Um, Vanellovic, Danny Fullback in this matchup, you like it or no? Nah, I probably wouldn't play Danny Dimes this week in this matchup. And this is this is going to be a critical three-week stretch for these teams because the Giants and the Commanders play twice in three weeks. We're going to start to see some shake-up in the NFC playoffs. The Washington is by next week. I forget who the Giants play. Uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't play him. And then with the illness, too, like, we'll talk about this in our next matchup as well. But illness – normally means that they're going to be back but you also have to like be considerate that you know they might not be fully back like i'll use last week Mm -hmm. and then we can use this to transition into uh, our next game but eagles wide receiver aj brown he was you know dnp limited dnp a combination of those all week with an illness came out you know he had a couple catches had a fumble not a great game, not what you're expecting from him. And after the game, it was like, yeah, I lost seven pounds this week. His eyes are bloodshot from being so sick. Like, just remember that these people are too. And sometimes when we look at them just through an injury report, we kind of, I think, sometimes forget that. And getting back from an illness in two or three days to play a high intentionally sport is not the easiest thing to do. I mean, sometimes you just have to look at what's going on in the world, too. Like, we got Cody sitting here in week two of a sinus issue. I'm multiple days into a stomach bug. Tyler's not with us, who's been dealing with the flu for the past four days. Like, there's some pretty sick illnesses going on right now, too. So, it's uh, it's not a great time to be listed with an illness. But, I mean, I guess when you consider that versus, like, a hamstring or something, you're looking at it in a better light. But you have a great point, Cody. And we can move on to the game that I wish Tyler was here to talk about the Tennessee Titans traveling to the Philadelphia Eagles. Traylon Burks is on the Titans injury report with the dreaded illness. Um, So that kind of has to make you pump the brakes on him that along with the matchup against the Eagles defense. Um, Any reason you would put him in your lineup anyway? No, I'm out on Traylon Burks this week matchup. I know he was a top waiver priority. We talked about him on our Tuesday show, but I wouldn't, throw them in your lineup and the illness this week kind of just confirms that but the eagles defense is susceptible to the run so derrick henry could have a pretty solid game and he's probably the only person on the titans that you're looking at this week then uh and then moving sure. on to the Eagles side of the ball the titans are good against the run but not good against the pass so i think that has to limit your expectations on a miles sanders this week but i don't think you're probably in the ability have the ability to take him out of your lineup. I mean, he's been a high end RB two so far this season. He's like top five in the league in rushing yards now. Um, so you're probably playing him, hoping he gets to that ten. But I would expect there's a chance, like a bust alert kind of deal on here. Um, but the rest of your Eagles assets are probably looking pretty good. Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith um, should all be guys in your lineup. Yeah, and I would feel a lot worse about miles sanders if the Bengals didn't just get productive 
productivity out of Samaje Piran. It wasn't a huge week by any Fair. means, uh, but he was a, he was finally able to get some yards. He got in the end zone. He was involved in the pass game, kind of similar to how we're, we see Miles Sanders used as well. Uh, but I'm with George. I think this is a week that you can play, obviously, A.J. Brown, and I think you can throw Deont- Devonta Smith in your lineups as well. All right. I think that'll wrap up our one o'clock window. We got to keep this moving into the four o'clock window where we have the Seattle Seahawks and the LA Rams in a divisional game. And the Rams injury report is still looking absolutely awful. So on top of the fact that they lost Allen Robinson for the season, they still don't have Cooper cup for the rest of the season. Matt Stafford is still not participating in practice with his concussion slash neck injury. Cam Akers has the dreaded illness. So we'll see what happens with him going into the game. And just a side note that's not fantasy related, uh, defensive tackle Aaron Donald will miss his first career game with an injury. Just to show how bad it's getting for the Rams, people that are never injured are now getting injured. Yeah, you know, it just makes me think about the fact that he considered retiring last year, and it would have been wild for a player of his caliber to never have missed a game in their career. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't. He he means a lot to our game, and I hope he gets to recover quickly. Um but yeah, that's the big news about the Rams. Like we're not playing anybody. Let's talk about the Seahawks. Let's talk about the Seahawks. Now the Rams defense is still fairly solid, but the Seahawks offense has been pretty good. So Kenneth Walker is still good to go. DK Metcalf is fine. Tyler Lockett's probably good, even though I've been making a lot of jokes about Tyler Lockett in our uh, League Tyler of Record chat. Is right higher than DK Metcalf. Just put him in your lineup. <laughs> The Rams are 24th against wide receivers. It's okay. You can play Tyler Lockett. Okay. There's the the words of wisdom from Cody. And that was actually a really quick wrap-up of that game. I don't think there's anything else to add. What could be the game of the week? I mean, there's, there's a chance that there's two of them in this window, but this is one of them. Miami Dolphins traveling to the San Francisco 49ers. So... Revenge game for a lot of Dolphins, particularly at the running back position. We got Jeff Wilson going back there after he just got traded. Raheem Mostert is not participating in practice still. He did miss last week's game with injury, but I know Mostert and Wilson were talking about the revenge with San Francisco, looking forward to it. Um, And then obviously Miami Dolphins head coach is also a former 49er. So could be interesting here. Former 49er coach, just make sure nobody thought he was an actual 49er player. I said that very poorly. Yeah. I was just, I, that's that's what I'm here for. I got your back. And yeah, this game should be a, a ton of fun. Uh, definitely looking forward to this one. Um, you know, on the Dolphins side, I think I think Tua is a good play this week. Um, I don't love the running backs, Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert. I know Raheem Mostert hmm. was hoping to play this week. Uh, but the 49ers are a top five defense against fantasy running backs. So don't love them this week. I think they're going to, you know, pass it and stretch, stretch them out. Um, you know, maybe they try to come up and say, hey, look at us. We can run the ball against the 49ers. Um, but the way that this pass offense has been going, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, Tua, like this is the the way I think they're going to try to win some of their games the quicker. I mean, they run the ball. They're Kyle Shanahan style of offense. Uh, but this week, I think the running backs might have a little bit of a hiccup. 
I will say I think I like Wilson better if Mostert's not there because there might be limited opportunities in the run game, like you said. So if you're getting a bigger chunk of the pie there, bigger chance that he could score a touchdown or have enough productive runs. But it is a kind of wait, like, you know, watch and see what happens. It might not be a great game kind of deal. Um, you pretty much wrap the Dolphins side pretty good. I can move us to the 49er side of the ball. Uh, Christian McCaffrey should be good to go. He is happy he avoided major injury with his uh, problem, but obviously their second running back now is kind of up in the air. One of the guys who might see more carries is Debo Samuel, who is still listed as a limited participant in practice with maintenance on his hamstring. Are you worried about Debo seeing how he did temporarily leave the game last week? Look like he was reaching for that hamstring or do you think it's still okay? Um, one, before I answer that question, I do want to correct ourselves. Okay. Raheem Mostert has been limited both days. He's not been. Oh, DMV. okay. So that's why I think he's uh, in consideration to play this week and makes those running back sketchy. But to answer your question about Debo Samuel, and mm-hmm. I know me and you were asked this by a fan last week, um, yep. this question directly. Like, are you worried about Debo Samuel? And if they're going to play Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel is going to be in my lineup. He's too talented. He's too good. He's too much a part of their offense. Um, I understand there's concerns of his injuries, but we do talk about a lot. Like, you can't play fantasy football for injuries. Just like you you don't play the backup quarterback. Like, you're not going to go out and play Jordan Love this week. Well, you're not playing Aaron Rodgers either, but pretend Aaron Rodgers was balling out and he had this injury. You're not going to go play Jordan Love in the the event he comes in in the second half because Rodgers is still dealing with the rib issues. Like that's not how you play fantasy football. So I don't think you you risk it or not play Debo Samuel unless you're in like a four person league with you know and he's your fifth best wide receiver anyways. Then okay, sure. But other than that extreme scenario, the point one percent of people are in. Samuels in your lineup. It's a good way to put it there. Um, and then on top of playing McCaffrey and Samuel, Brandon Ayuk's been pretty solid. I think this could be a game that has a couple of points in it. So Ayuk could be someone that's good to go. And you're playing George Kittle. And then you also mentioned earlier that you like the stream of um, Jimmy G this week. So he's also someone that's potential for your lineup if you need a quarterback. For sure. Yeah. I, I like Ayuk uh, this week. Definitely. Um, a flexible option, help you get through buys if you're missing a D hop or a DJ Moore or something like that. So IU could be back in your lineup. Cool. And from one potential game of the week to the other potential game of the week, Kansas City Chiefs traveling to the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals injury wrap up really quick. Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon were both limited participants. Excuse me. Um, both are expected to go this week. I think Chase is probably the sketchier of the two. Um, if you didn't hear, he's dealing with a fracture in his hip that he sustained and then thought it was okay, played another game, scored two touchdowns, then they found out it was a fracture, and then that's when he was sitting. That's why it seemed so sudden when he did go out with the injury. It was like super confusing um, because they didn't even know what was going on. But uh, he was close to playing last week, and that's why I think he should be good to go this week. And then Joe Mixon is pretty much clear from concussion protocol. I think he has one more step. Um, So on a Thursday hearing that, he should be good to go. Yeah, and Jamar Chase is pretty much a Debo Samuel for me. Um, We literally just said he played a whole game, scored two touchdowns, 
and he himself is the one that said I'm expected to I'm expecting to play this week uh, when he was asked about it. So Jamar Chase, he's if he's back out there, he's back in my lineup. Same with Joe Mixon. Um, T Higgins, he's keep he keep him in your lineup. You can keep balling out. Joe Burrow, you know the only guy that you're probably not going to play just because he's been a little bit inconsistent, but. If you're a fan like me, you're definitely going to play him is Evan McPherson, but that's enough kicker talk. So George talk about the chiefs. Um, you could also probably throw Hayden Hurst on the dartboard in my opinion, because the chiefs defense is not great and there could be points to be had in this game, but yeah, chiefs side of the ball. Kadarius Tony still did not participate in practice. So I don't think he's going to go this week. It brings it back to Juju being the definitive number one wide receiver. And the one guy you can definitely play with confidence in this lineup. Um, <laughs> Travis Kelsey, I guess, is the other one you can definitely play with confidence. I immediately jumped towards the running backs. And Isaiah Pacheco, as much as I love him, he's going to be inconsistent. He's going to be frustrating. But as of now, he's getting carries. So I think you can probably give him a go if you need it, but don't force him into your lineup. Yeah, unless they activate Melvin Gordon. Then I wouldn't. Then it gets interesting. That's true. Because Melvin Gordon is technically on the practice squad, so he's does he, he if he's not activated for game day he's not going to play um which mm-hmm. i think it would be you can get pacheco in there in a desperation need but if they activate gordon after only a couple days i would pull back on pacheco this week and we'll find out the practice squad elevations Actually, i believe it's by saturday night so if we see anything about that we will tweet it out to you guys so you know scratch that no pacheco no they Pacheco? just held Derrick Henry to like 40 yards on like 28 attempts. <laughs> okay. So we're um, just not touching, we're just not touching Chiefs running back, unless, which unless seems we, like a typical. Which, unless we think Derrick Henry is kind of on the downswing, which is crazy to think of. I mean, I, he hasn't had a 100 yard rushing game in back to back weeks in November. Like, when's the last time that's happened? That's kind of crazy probably when he wasn't starting but no i mean he's you might consider him on the downswing sure but he's still gonna get his and he's still gonna get the volume i did not but... say i considered him on the downswing that was the question yeah, i no. proposed let's i don't need i don't need those people attacking me okay <laughs> particularly tyler who if he's here he'd be going on a rant about how he's not on the downswing but um yeah okay i'm with you there on pacheco that is a good stat there for that um i think that can wrap up chiefs Bengals from a fantasy perspective we can move on to our last four o'clock game the los angeles chargers traveling to the las vegas raiders another divisional game here so mr record breaker overtime touchdown josh jacobs was a limited participant in practice on thursday should be good to go i think it's just kind of a beat up running back rep management kind of deal um he's been maybe the biggest surprise of the fantasy season. Uh, I know we were talking about disappointments earlier. Josh Jacobs. Amazing. Yeah. Let's, let's take a second. Let's go all the way back to the very first football game of the season, the hall of fame game. And who was out there? Josh Josh Jacobs. Jacobs and Mike, Mike, Josh McDaniels uh, said, (laughs) yeah, I wanted to get him some touches. And we're like, oh, no, Josh Jacobs is on the out since last year of his rookie deal. The Raiders are ready to move on. He, Zemir I have White's him in the a, guy. I have Zamir White's the guy. I have him in the <laughs> Dynasty League. I'm panicking. 
because that one has a salary cap and his cap gets kind of high. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to cut him, not going to trade him. I'm going to keep him, let it ride it out. And man, am I thankful for that because he's been balling out. I hope he gets healthy because the Chargers, their defense is but against the run. I don't have a better way to put it. That's just how bad they are against the run. And if Josh Jacobs out there, he, he could do it again. Probably not another 86-yard game to win it in overtime, uh, but he would have another solid day. And if for some reason he can't go, that guy we mentioned, Zamir White, maybe if not Amir Abdullah, that's whole backfield is a mess. But the Chargers defense is that bad that might not be a bad flyer option. Man, I haven't talked about playing Amir Abdullah since he played for the Lions like four years ago, and he was like the only potential option on the entire Lions team, and he still wasn't good. Like, <laughs> but anyway, no, I think Josh Jacobs is going to be fine, good to go. You're also playing Devonte Adams. Um, you could potentially throw a dart board on the, you know, a dart on the tight end dart board out for a Foster Moreau. Um, but he's been very up and down. He's just touchdown dependent like the rest of them. So I can't really say much there. He got a red zone target in the last month. So you play him. And even if he didn't, you're probably playing him anyway. But anyway, um, I'll wrap up the Raiders side of the ball. Moving to the chargers. We still seem like we're going to be down Mike Williams with his ankle injury. He did not participate in practice on Thursday. Um, he has not come back since his awesome toe tap when he done his first catch back from the injury the first time. Um, but Keenan Allen, good to go. Um, you can play Josh Palmer still. Gerald Everett, I think Cody seemed to really like Gerald Everett, so I can let him talk about him in a second. And then Austin Eckler and um, Justin Herbert. Yeah, I mean, we're talking, Gerald Everett is involved, so we're talking about how yeah. bad the tight ends are. And my man is smooth like chocolate milk. I'm putting him back in the lineup. <laughs> Maybe that smooth like chocolate milk play will result in a touchdown this week instead of just a two-point conversion. Help us out in fantasy even a little bit more. Two more games to talk about before we wrap it up here for the show. It is the Indianapolis Colts and the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football. Let's see if Jeff Saturday can get it together on a Sunday night this time and maybe have some decent clock management. But Colts side of the ball, Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, anybody else? I guess I'm not giving enough love to Paris Campbell. I guess I should mention that before I really You're have fine. more people jumping on me. You're fine. Um, no, the only guy I want to mention is if you did watch the Monday night game. Uh, Johnny Woods, he had a bunch of catches in that game, uh, but he is now dealing with a shoulder and quadricep injury, so he's DNP. So another tight end takes a hit, and you're going to have to look elsewhere other than Jelani Woods. Paris Campbell, he's so inconsistent as well. Like, if I'm going to play Paris Campbell, I'd rather play Marquez Valdez-Gantling because he's on the Chiefs. See, I feel like there's so many fantasy truthers out there, and they're probably either Colts fans or people who just love the fact that they finally get some production out of Paris Campbell like they've been looking for for years that have been, like, all over the whole, like, he's such a sleeper, no one even cares, he's one of the top scorers in the league, and I don't see exactly where the numbers are coming from. He's been pretty decent with Matt Ryan, but I don't think it's been enough for me to love it like you so i don't 100 percent know if you can find where people are coming from on it uh i think it's just a couple of booms um but then we can also say like there's people like Taysom hill out there who get a couple of booms and people think that he's a great player and then he's not really involved enough to make a difference 
No, you you're, you you hit it dead on. Like Paris Campbell, the reason people are high on him was because uh, he did deal with a little bit of injuries and stuff like that. Um, but he had you know two pretty good games, and then Sam Ellinger came in, and then Sam Ellinger went out. He had another good game, so I think that's where some of it is. But his last two weeks, he put up nine against the Eagles. And 2.4 against the 32nd ranked pat or 32nd ranked defense in the Steelers against fantasy wide receivers. So, with Dallas this week, a buy next week. I'm not picking him up. I'm not playing him. Um, I don't even love Michael Pittman, but I think he's 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 too good not to play. Um, and he'll, he'll still get a few targets here and there, but it's definitely not the guy we were hoping for when we were talking at the beginning of the season. So. At this point, you know not to expect those, but just I feel like I had to say it. I'll just have you help me set my fantasy lineup uh, for the league before I we move on to the Cowboys side. So I have Michael Pittman and Devontae Smith. I know where I'm leaning. Who would you play? Oh, man. Oh, man. Because the uh... <laughs> Bro, you could have asked me any other question. Um... They're probably a coin flip. You can honestly probably use the wheel of names and then pick the opposite one kind of idea, but so probably what like you're going to do to me. I'm going to go Michael show. Pittman in okay. this situation. And only reason why was because I feel like you really need Devon Smith. Yes. Which is not a bad idea. Like I'm not saying it is. The only reason I went Michael Pittman is because AJ Brown might get 25 targets in the revenge game. That was my only reason. You're not so, wrong. So that's that's what we're talking about. I mean, you could talk about how Pitt's going to get Trayvon Diggs, and he's probably one of the few wide receivers that can't run by him because uh, he's such a big body, go up and get him type of guy that that could be a you know a shutdown matchup. The Colts offensive line took another hit on Monday Night Football. So Devontae Smith's probably the right answer but there is the whole revenge game concern that you might want to go with the actual number one instead of a number two that's always the tough question do you want a number two on a good offense or a number one on a bad offense especially when the matchups are lined up the way they are too but don't forget Trayvon Diggs is you know both sides of the coin he's a really good corner that also gives up a lot of yards and a couple touchdowns because he is so aggressive so there's that as well we can move to the Cowboys side of the ball um, the running backs there are obviously still interesting. Uh, Zeke is taking back over as the main back. And I saw that coming. I think a lot of people were hoping that Pollard was going to keep a hold on it longer. But the Cowboys just want to use Zeke. They want to feed Zeke. Um, so he is definitely the safer of the two plays. And you might be able to play Pollard in a flex if you need to. But I would try to avoid it. I'm the other way. Okay. Hang on. I Argue got a stat me. for this. Okay. So Zeke, look, I think you can play both. Let me just put that out there. I think they're both startable. But even last week in thurs on Thursday night football, um, not Thursday night, Thursday day was Thanksgiving. Um, mm-hmm. Tony Pollard, eighty four percent of the snaps. Zeke forty five. So as much as they you know quote unquote want to get Zeke, Pollard is still on the field more. He's still a part of that offense. They're going to use him. Um, so I do think, you know, in that game, 
the Cowboys, you know, they were able to run the ball. They they got up and stuff like that. So they were run more, especially in the second half, which I think helped Zeke's numbers a little bit um, in terms of the amount of carries that he got. But so I think Tony Pollard is still the safer, safer option. But in this matchup, you could probably play both. Two things about that set, actually. One, I'm intrigued with how many times they're using two running back sets because there's a lot of teams that I think we wish would do it that don't, and they just went out there and did it. Uh, and two, how many carries Zeke must have been getting when both were on the field at the same time? Like, that means that Pollard was out there as a you know decoy at that point because I don't think he's as much of a blocker as Zeke could have been. But well, Zeke so was getting qu- the ball more times when they were both on the field then. That is a great point. So I know it sounds like it um... – they were obviously out there for, you know, you know, twenty percent of the snaps together. But I wonder how many of those eighty-four versus forty-five were when one was off. So like, if still like you know, fifteen to twenty percent of those snaps for Zeke were without Pollard, or was Pollard lined up in the slot? Like, I wish I had the full access to those mm-hmm. numbers. But I think it's uh, worth noting that Pollard is still a big part of that offense. So I would. I'm still confident playing him this week. All right. I think that was a good argument and I don't entirely disagree. We'll see how it starts to shake out as we get further away from Zeke injury. And if he keeps getting healthier Um, wide receivers on that team, CD lamb is still obviously your good go. Dalton Schultz is good tight end considering the situation and the fact that he just came off of a two touchdown game. And then I think my question to you is how confident are you in Michael Gallup? Cause I feel like there's a lot of people out there going to add Michael Gallup similar, similarly to they were Paris Campbell. I'm good. I haven't been on the Michael ba- Gallup bandwagon all season for me. It's pass catcher wise. It's lamb and Schultz. Those are my guys mm-hmm. from Dallas. And I mean, Noah Brown had his two or three week stretch. Michael Gallup's been in there. You know, maybe we'll eventually see rookie Jalen Tolbert get involved and not just get called for being offsides on offense, which is weird. But that that, that was super hateful. Jalen Tolbert, he's a good player. I, I, I liked him a lot coming out. So, um, but yeah, I'm not in the playing Michael Gallup camp. And we also might not see another three-catch 57-yard performance out of Jake Ferguson, of all people, too. But... That's it for the Cowboys and the Colts. We got one more game, Monday Night Football, the New Orleans Saints in the rivalry game, traveling to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Cody, tell me a little bit about Tom Brady this week. Yeah, Tom Brady is not very good against the Saints. <laughs> nope. Since he's got to Tampa. I don't know what it is. I, I really don't. He's just he's not. He hasn't beaten them yet. I know the Saints won earlier this season. Now, he probably had his better game in terms of fantasy, but until he can prove that he can beat the Saints or they can have a good game in the regular season, then we are, uh, we're we're not going to play Tom Brady this week. Uh, you know, speaking of those pass catchers, you probably Chris Godwin, you could probably still play. Mike Evans, like, I am, of the three of us on this podcast, like, I'm probably the, the least fan of Chris Godwin. But I do like him better than Mike Evans this week because there is something also about Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans. Those two always battle hard. They normally get in a fight. Like, they just get in each other's head the whole game. And by the fourth quarter, they're trying to get them balls and they're just like talking to each other rather than playing. Sometimes. Um, 
offense. The Bucks haven't been able to run the ball very well. We got I so close, so. and I feel like I'm losing Cody's audio, but I think he's done. No, you're still talking. Sorry. George, you're good. Okay. I'm going to pretend like I know what you said and say, yeah, that sounds great. Um, did you wrap up the book side? I don't, I don't know what you did. <laughs> We're good. Yes. Okay. We're good. Saints side of the ball. So this is where we get interesting. Jarvis Landry was a limited participant in practice. He's been, I think, decent since he's been back, but he's someone I'm not playing unless I'm super desperate. So it's still the Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara show. Uh, the tight ends are interesting. I know Cody says there's this weird gut feeling that it's a Taysom Hill touchdown week. And I think for the fact that the Saints seem to step up against the Buccaneers, there's a good chance that that's a possibility. Um, it could also be a Jawan Johnson touchdown week. I don't really know. Throw darts out there. Who really cares? It's a tight end position. You're going to do just as well with a touchdown as anyone else in the league. And if you don't score a touchdown, you just got to hope your opponent doesn't either. Um, but I think it's basically just Olave and Kamara, in my opinion. And you got to count for Taysom Hill because that's what my gut says. Great all season, but bad as the tight oh, ends yeah, are. Yeah. You got to throw in Taysom Hill. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Kamara's even been a little bit disappointing, but you have to play him because I told you all that during the draft season, he was the most NFL ready wide receiver, and he's proved that. He was my favorite wide receiver coming out of the draft, too. And uh, so we weren't alone. I didn't say favorite, I said the most ready. Jameson Williams was my favorite. He was my favorite. I'm saying he was my favorite. Yeah, but then you said. Wraps up all our matchups. If you have any questions, reach out to us at the Couch GMs on our website, thecouchgms.com, Facebook, Twitter, social media, places like that, TikTok. We got them all. Um, happy birthday uh and if you don't know who that is you're not following george kurth so correct that uh but as always this podcast is more fun for us and more fun for you when you get involved so thank you and thanks for listening yeah thank you all one more time for listening into the couch gms podcast for cody roadcap i'm george kurth and we'll see you all next week